DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are joined now by Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, our life insider, our storyteller. Steve, good morning. Good morning. So, so Steve, it seems pretty clear cut that when you go to the bubble, you got to follow the rules. But one guy accidentally wandered out of his room, so now he's got to quarantine some more. Another guy apologized. He accidentally crossed the NBA's campus line to pick up a food delivery. He's going to be quarantined for an additional 10 days. That better be really good food, because I can't imagine a 10-day quarantine. I think I'd go nuts. Now, you haven't been in the bubble, but how easy is it to get players to follow simple, straightforward rules when another anonymous player is saying, he knew what the rules were. They explained them. (laughs) well we all remember being kids i guess (laughs) when our parents told us when we left the house that we weren't supposed to do this or that and somehow some way we did a bonehead mistake made a bonehead mistake and did what they told us not to do um you know what uh it's interesting uh having coached it at pretty much every level other than the professional level uh, you're going to have a degree of disobedience and just uh not thinking type mistakes. I have I haven't been that involved with guys doing really really stupid stuff, <laughs> but I have been involved with with guys making mistakes. I think the key thing when people do make mistakes <clears throat> is that the entire organization understands that it's that's not acceptable and uh, that you know, it just in terms of sustaining a culture and a program is you're letting letting players get away with certain things and others not. Man, that, that kind of discord can just destroy a team. Uh, but, but certainly, uh, we, we've all had situations where, uh, you know, guys miss bust, <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden you realize that uh, we're leaving at 6 o'clock, we've got to get to the plane, and somebody's not there. I did, I did have a player, uh, not, not a player, excuse me, I had a coach. We, we made it very, in fact, I'll even tell you who it was. Uh, uh, Heath Troyer, who we all know and love. And uh, we made it really clear that uh, we were going, we were flying to London, we're doing a tour, and uh, he, he and his wife were going to join us in, in Atlanta. And so we flew to Atlanta, we were going to fly to London, and they were going to meet us there because they were coming from another part of the country. And the last thing I said, okay, everybody, you got to be here at this time, this place, this circumstance, this situation. And... Uh, so I didn't expect it to be a coach. So we get in here, and all of a sudden I realize we're boarding the plane, and I have no idea where Heath is. And I'm calling him. I'm not getting an answer. You know, we're, I'm just kind of in a panic mode. And, uh, and and so now, you know, you've got players. You know, coach, it's usually the guys that are doing it. It's not the coaches. Well, as it turns out, uh, he and his wife, knowing it was going to be a long flight, I think they decided to each take a half of an ambient. And so they fell dead asleep in the Atlanta airport and missed their flight and uh, caught up with us a day later. But uh, that was kind of a unique situation uh, where, you know, we're supposed to be somewhere and we didn't. And that had actually happened with the coach. And we had a good laugh about it afterwards. And uh, I know it was a little embarrassing for Heath and his wife, but uh, everybody was safe and it worked out okay. But. You know, I mean, I, I think in, in this situation, obviously, the, those players need to be talked to, and may, maybe it was an innocent mistake. I, I don't, I can't imagine it. I, I would imagine that every, there's barriers and everything there. Um, but you know, if you can, those, here's the little things: 
You can't trust somebody to keep a simple rule like that. Is that really a guy you want to be on the floor <laughs> getting a serious stop or putting the ball in his hands? It just hurts trust, and and uh, it's not good for a team. I Don't get through it. It's a simple thing. And who's ever been in a quarantine situation like this anyway where you, you've got the bubble? Uh, it's, it's unlike anything we've ever exposed. So I, I wouldn't be too harsh on him. Uh, but I think there's a lesson learned and better learn early than late. Yeah, no question about that. I can recall, speaking of being late, I, I played high school baseball and we had a game uh, in our region was, uh, it was about uh, two hours away in Prescott, Arizona. And so on a Saturday, we're going up there and we're supposed to be at the bus, on the bus at a certain time. Well, I must have misheard the time. I pull in the parking lot and I see... The bus is standing there. I don't see anybody milling around the bus, and I got a queasy feeling in my stomach. And as I'm pulling up on the left side of the bus, all my teammates who were on that side of the bus, they had their hands out of the window, and they had a certain finger that was extended because I was a half hour late. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and so I got I got there and I go running up and the coach is looking at me and he knew by the look on my face that it was a 100% honest mistake and I just screwed it up somehow I heard it wrong and I'll never forget that man the panic that I had on my face and the coach all he could do was just kind of smirk because he knew that it was an innocent mistake and certainly as a senior I wouldn't have just uh, well I'm just going to show up whenever I get there I mean I wasn't all that as a player anyway so I was grateful that the bus didn't leave because I would have missed that game but uh, I can relate to that bonehead mistakes you say as we make as a kid. Now, I won't tell you about the time my older sister said, don't take her new car to the lake, and I took it to the lake and got in an accident. I won't even bring that part up. We'll just let hey, that go. Hey, we all have go. a story like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you're, you're, you're talking to... about getting the... <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I the thing that I wanted to game. ask you... Okay. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about this Wojnarowski thing with... Uh, the comment and you know you know him i know him and man from a journalistic perspective to to come to the defense of the league i had an issue with that you're supposed to cover the league and not be a part of its defense let the let the league defend itself i realize he got sent the email but it was more along the emails like uh to let him know that that was happening what did you make of all that you know, you're right. I mean, I, I, I didn't really think a lot about it. I mean, you know, that, that's always kind of a touchy thing where, uh, and maybe you've felt this, and you you follow teams, both of you have followed teams, and you, you end up uh, having a different relationship than, than I mean, you, you actually become part of their lives and part of their family. I and mean, when you're traveling with the team or you're around the players or you're around the coaches that much, uh, it, it doesn't surprise me that one would, take a position or protect or do whatever they needed to do because of that long-term relationship. I'm not saying it's necessarily appropriate because the press and you know, the media need to be neutral and they need to go into that thing neutral, but everybody has their own biases. I'm sure you, you, there have been games that you watch, teams you follow, that uh, you were as emotionally invested in them, uh, and, and you can't talk about it really, you know, the disappointment or the circumstances or maybe there was bad calls. 
Um, and, and so, you know, I remember doing games, and, uh, and anyway, that was one of the difficult things, especially when I had a really good friend coaching, and uh, to kind of try to be as impartial as I could and not, not get involved in personalities or get in circumstances. Because, and I didn't have a, a, a long career in that, but what, what, for the two or three years that I did TV and some of those things, those were things that were rather challenging to me uh, because it was hard for me, especially as a player and as a coach, and now doing this to kind of separate myself from all of those entities where I had been a practice. I had already, you know, I'd coached against these guys. We had had dinner together, whatever the circumstances were. I, I found it a little difficult for me. And probably not for the professionals today, but we all do have uh, alliances and um, relationships with people and organizations that sometimes make it very difficult to be as impartial as we should be or to not necessarily support or condone things that we, we shouldn't probably be involved in. So I guess the thing would be that the reaction was just so over the top because I think people get what you say about there are relationships, but the reaction was yeah, that was well, that was you're so far across the line you can't even turn around yeah. and see the line. The line disappeared over the horizon. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm 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 not disagreeing with you at all on that, and uh, it's uh, and the two of you are are in tune with that daily with with and, and it's probably. You know, I don't know if he's ever ever been in a situation like this before. Um, I don't know because I, I don't I don't have that history. I mean, I was around him a lot, um, and and he wasn't really a controversial guy. You know, I mean, he 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 was uh, kind of shared what he thought and felt, but uh, I never I've never seen that in him before. Uh, but hey. We all made mistakes. I'm sure you all could share a few stories with us, things that have yep. happened during your time. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, I will, uh, I got to tell you, I, I'm going to go back to something we, we were talking about before. Pat was talking about being late to a game. And uh, I can remember uh, as a junior, and I, you, you know, I went to UC Irvine and played down there. And I was living in Costa Mesa, which the quickest way for me to get to UCI was to get on the 405 and drive on the 405 uh, down down to Irvine and take, take the exit off that. And, uh, and so I knew when I had to be there to be taped and this and that. And uh, what I hadn't remembered is to put gas in my car. And I can re- I can still remember driving to a game. It's, you know, the, the game time is at 8, and I'm leaving at 6. I got plenty of time to get there on time. But all of a sudden, I pull over on 405, and you know how how busy that freeway is. There's no cell phones, you know. And and there was uh, dirt and stuff and fences. And then there were some homes, maybe 100 yards. And I can still remember. I'm, I'm in my warm-ups, okay. I'm in my warm-ups. I'm, in, I'm dressed. I'm ready to go. I actually haven't been taped. And I remember hurling that fence and knocking on the back door of, of, of some uh, elderly lady and, and first of all, I just scared the living daylights out of her. But but it was one of those things that here's a guy coming over her back fence. And I said, you know, I've got a situation. I explained the whole deal. And she, God bless her, allowed me to make a phone call uh, on her on her home phone there. And I called I called the, the basketball office, and somebody came and got me. And I left the car there. And when the game was over, we came back and got some gas in it. 
So I had, I, had, I had tried to do all the right things and, and be on time, and uh, but the circumstances didn't allow it when I didn't have gas in my vehicle. So that was a pretty panicky time, especially jumping out of that car and jumping over the fence over 405 down there in Orange County. So we, we've all done some things that uh, <laughs> don't really make sense, but they, life happens, right? That it does. There's no doubt about that. I remember <laughs> I was riding with a friend when I was in high school, and I I think we'd been playing basketball, actually. I'm not sure. And we're on the freeway, and the, the car just comes chugging to a, a stop, and the guy, he was a good guy, but he, he could be an airhead and a bonehead. And I'm like, Gavin, did we just run out of gas? He goes, no, we got to have a tank. I don't know what it is. And it was uh, oil, and the engine had seized up. And he had to call his dad to come and get us. And man, did I feel like an uncomfortable third wheel during that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's it's funny how we all have similar experiences. And uh, uh, you'll have to remind me to share something with you off the air. (laughs) Oil on an engine and not getting over the grapevine. And the last thing my my father says, do not let Chet drive. You were the only one to drive the car. I was asleep in the passenger seat. He was driving, and there was smoke coming everywhere. So I have a similar experience. (laughs) (laughs) I'm wondering, you know, we've seen the uh, reduction of uh, football schedules with these teams going to conference only. And I've heard some – it hasn't been further discussion, but I just – I heard some in passing that basketball might do that. And I'm thinking with the the, – West Coast Conference, you know, teams like Gonzaga and BYU, they rely a lot on a very good non-conference schedule to carry them as far as getting a good seating. Uh, how big of a blow would it be to the West Coast if they just if teams if conferences just did conference only in basketball? Also, uh, it'd be a huge blow because you get to that tournament either by winning the tournament <clears throat> or by developing a schedule and having a body of work that reflects <clears throat> playing teams from around the country, and, and, and certainly that would be a devastating blow. I, I, I'm, I'm a little nervous here. I mean, I'm living in California. Um, Governor Newsom came out again yesterday and just locked everything down. I mean, one of the biggest challenges right now in California is schools, what to do with schools. And I have a good friend who's on the school board here in Clovis, and eight school boards got together last night, 200 people in a Zoom meeting, trying to figure out when they're going to start school. you got parents who are scared to death about sending their children to school and, and what might happen there, and they're scared to death of what to do when I'm both parents you know, are working and what do I do with my children, how do I take care of them. I mean, this, that's a monster issue for families right now in California. I don't know how it is other places. And then, then you start hearing you know, about California state schools. Um, and, and, and Governor Newsom has the ability to take a lot of the WCC and say, you know what, we're not doing anything until this time. And uh, because they're all part of this state of 50 million people where it is spiking and going up and the virus is just off the charts and hospitals are getting full again. Um, it's going to be really, really tricky. And, and I, I know that's probably not the case in Utah and Idaho or in Rocky Mountain area, but I'm telling you right now, the tone of Governor Newsom's voice was, we're shutting it down. And, and until this thing changes, I, I know that the virus is, that the vaccines are closed. I, I read all of the articles about, you know, it's going to happen. But I will be really, really surprised if COVID-19 doesn't impact 
the basketball season. And, and as you mentioned, it may be, maybe it's just non-conference games. Uh, but then again, who knows? I mean, it, it, I just know I speak for this state. Uh, if anybody's going to do it, they are. And they've already all the Division two schools have already, uh, you know, kind of shut down everything. We know when does that happen for Division one programs, or even for uh, you know, even for football, Mountain West Conference seems to be going forward. But uh, they may be playing with nobody in the stands if that if that's the case, because right now. People haven't figured out, you know. I mean, as soon as they started letting people come into restaurants again, you know, and I went, I went out and I went, I went to two restaurants to try to get in. Stuck my head in, and it, it looked like pro, you know, pre-COVID nineteen. I mean, people were there in, in the bars and the restaurants packed. Everybody's kind of celebrating, happy to have life back. And then there's a ten percent rise in 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 deaths and in, in uh, new COVID cases. In California, so uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think we're out of the woods. At least, at least speaking from my perspective of living in the state of California, I think all of it could be impacted. And I, is there any football games that like a BYU plays from Mountain West Conference teams? Yeah, they, they play in San Diego State. They play Boise State and they play Utah State. Okay, so Utah State. Boise State may not be an issue because That's Idaho state, and yeah. Utah uh, things seem to be a little bit normal. I was just wondering if they played any others, but. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't hold my breath on California. Wait, I mean, I, I just think it's going to get worse before it gets better here in terms of decisions. And uh, you know, they just shut it all down again. And I don't. I, I know church-wise, nobody is going to church. But they said they shut all the church situations down again. Restaurants, you know, parks, everything has got shut down. So, uh, yeah, my feeling is it's going to be really problematic and really difficult to determine on who's NC two A worthy. Uh, when you don't have an off season and you're playing a league that's, you know, not a P5 conference, and typically, you know, three quarters of the league isn't going to postseason, so that could be really, really difficult. And I think, obviously, BYU seems to be situated uh, to have a really good year. And um, but if if it all comes down to just the Mountain West Conference, uh, excuse me, to the uh, WCC, then uh, it, it could be more difficult. It's certainly going to make it more difficult. So I do believe if it under normal circumstances, that this is a team probably going to get back to the NC2A tournament. Well, Steve, we appreciate the time and the thoughts. Thanks for coming on, and we'll talk to you again yeah. next week. All right, guys. Take care. Have a good week. Bye-bye. November 14th, San Diego State. Assuming that can happen. they got seven of the ten West Coast Conference teams in the state of California now, so I guess that is, Steve makes a good point there, that is something to watch as we get to basketball season. Oh yeah, and I've I've just heard a little bit of rumblings. Now they obviously have more time. They got more I, time on the side. But I read that somewhere. I read what you read that um, about non-conference basketball, and it, and it's and it was just a thought in what I yeah. read. It wasn't anything, you know. It's just no. that actually I talked to one one person after I read it who said no one's talking about basketball. There's so much money on the table with football, and there are so many details to work out. And I'm like, yeah, but. Uh, it, it, it comes right on the heels, and they're like, yeah, well, yeah, first it, things first, bo- though. I mean, it's just overwhelming, right. all the questions. Obviously, and basketball's know. already had a crushing blow with no NCAA tournament. Yes, yes. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 12 football games with, B, with, uh, with uh, BYU and Notre Dame, and then I figure about 12 basketball games with, uh, with Portland and 12 basketball games with Gonzaga. 
And there you go. Uh, what about uh, Seattle University? I don't know. Is the is the whack with their testing program <laughs> when want to just keep it in house? I don't know. We're not playing yeah, you. Right. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. Ow! Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net! Presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 12.80, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Houston Rockets guard Russell Westbrook announced on social media that he tested positive for COVID-19 before the team left for Orlando. That's the reason he did not travel with him. He says he's feeling good, and Coach Mike D'Antoni says he expects him to join the team in a few more days. James Harden, Luke Mbamute also did not travel the team to the bubble, but their status is unknown. In a reversal of what was thought to be a dress code protocol implemented last week, NBA players will no longer have to dress in their hotels. They're now going to be allowed to wear their own wardrobes while going from team buses to venues locker rooms. That's your back to basketball update presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. How many Super Bowls would you think he, he'll win before the end of that contract? I give him three. Three more or three total? I give him three more. They're not getting them all in a row, but they'll be right. spread out. Kansas City's got a Super Bowl. Now are they going to get a bunch of them? That is Chris Harris plays uh, in the secondary. He's a cornerback for the the Chargers. He's talking with Chris Broussard on how many more Super Bowls Pat Mahomes will win. You think of the quarterbacks we've seen who are really good, and maybe you can blame some of it on the Patriots, but it's not like Green Green Bay's been in four Super Bowls with Aaron Rodgers or the Saints have been there four times with Drew Brees. Those are really good quarterbacks, and they got one. And Roethlisberger's been really good, and he's got two. Mahomes... Three more, that would be four. That's Bradshaw, that's Montana. That is all-time, all-timer territory. Uh, Yeah, but you look at Kurt Warner, you know, he got back two more times after winning. And uh, he didn't win them, but he got there. He was in position to win them. So, uh, you know, I don't look at Kurt Warner. And Kurt Warner's a Hall of Famer, obviously. He literally is in the Hall of Fame. I don't look at Mahomes as saying, wow, Kurt, he, he can't compare to Kurt Warner. I don't look at Mahomes saying he can't compare to Roethlisberger. Now, it's, football's a team game. I, I can argue it's the ultimate team game, so you need other guys besides your quarterback. But there has been other guys that I think Mahomes right now compares favorably to who've had opportunities to win multiples, whether they have or hadn't, you know, individually depended on the situation but they got there so uh, i can see the chiefs getting there i don't see them having a precipitous drop off right now and the kid's only 24 so like with the brady situation the thing that makes the brady situation not just the number of super bowls which is outstanding obviously 
but the fact that the talent turned over so many times and yet they still maintain a high level of competitiveness. Now, a lot of that goes to Belichick, and that's where we say the Jerry Krause line when he took so much heat organizations win titles. Yes, they do, but the players do too. And so you look at New England, and obviously they had that. They had their ducks in in the row in the order that they needed to be, and then they were able to over haul the roster in a lot of different cases several times and still be successful. Andy Reid appears to be of that quality in terms of being a great coach and the organizational structure that Kansas City has right now, in my mind, is going to allow them to be competitive for the next three to four to five years. Well, I think the thing you can do is you can look at Andy Reid and look what he accomplished in Philadelphia as far as all the playoff berths, all the winning seasons, all the the trips to the NFC title game, and he did it with Good quarterback play. I don't want to under, you know, Donovan McNabb was a good quarterback, but not to the level Mahomes is at. So when you say in the NFL, you need a GM, you need a coach, you need a quarterback. And if you have those three things, then you got a really good chance to be good and build the rest of the roster. And the rest of the roster will come and go. Uh, I think we've seen that with the Steelers. And and you're right, we saw it with New England too. Uh, They build good rosters, they didn't always build great ones. Uh, but man, you can't argue with winning six Super Bowls and going to nine of them. And then on top of that, all the AFC title games, they'd have to look it up, but it's got to be four or five losses in the AFC title game. So Right, and when you're looking at greatness, I don't think grace, greatness is exclusive to how many times did you win it all, whether it's the Super Bowl or it's the NBA, whatever, or the World Series, whatever it might be. Greatness can be also extended Beyond you look at the Jazz, the statues and Jay Slow had a great run. That was greatness. That was a greatness extended over a long period of time, and it deserves merit. And they got it. Now they didn't win at all. We understand that, but they had that greatness for a long time, and there's something to be said for that. And Andy Reid had that in Philly. Now he gets it in Kansas City. They win the, the the final game, and so that's that's awesome. And and you know he needed that, I guess, and he got it. But I'm expecting the Kansas City franchise to have greatness for the next four to five years. I can't tell you if they're going to win the final game. I don't know that. A lot of things factor into it, health being one in a game that is so injury-prone. But I'm still expecting them to have greatness for the next four to five years. That's a fair bet. And I'm totally with you on that you don't. You can be great without winning the championship because that's why I brought up Rodgers and that's why I brought up uh, Drew Brees. You know, only one title each, but th- those guys are Hall of Famers. Uh, Russell Wilson isn't as far through his career, but it seems like it's going the same way. You know, he's got a title. He's got two trips there. I think he's I think he's more likely than not to end up a Hall of Famer. You know, it'll be easier to say that after another, you know, five years or so. He's, oh, I would he's early so. 30s. Get him to his mid-30s. But it seems like that's where it's going. You know, I think he's the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. Ooh, interesting. Most underrated. I mean, he's. I think he's really good. Right. He's yes, um, but I guess maybe to the number of times that you know Seattle on the West Coast gets to play in in prime time games and marquee matchups, and he hasn't had that marquee matchup inside the division. That's really got it going. It's maybe hurt him that most of the other best quarterbacks have been in the AFC. Although Breeze and Rodgers are both in the NFC, so that's probably a lousy point. I take that back. 
<laughs> well, I, you know, and I do think that they've had they've had multiple great games with Green Bay. I mean, there there are multiple memorable games there. I guess he wasn't there for all of them either, though. If you go back far, yeah, enough, some they of those had some games. good games when the Cardinals were pretty good under Arians and Carson Palmer. Uh, they had uh, now we'll see with uh, San Francisco Forty Niners as yeah. they resurrect themselves, uh, and it looks like the, the Niners are on their way to being good for the next few years at least. We'll see how that plays out. I don't think Wilson draws attention to himself, and uh, for better or worse, and so he's not he's not really a controversial figure in that way. Uh, Pete Carroll gets a lot of run. Uh, in that uh, for for the Seahawks success seems like he's a he's a bigger figure than Russell Wilson is Marshawn Lynch got a ton of run yeah he did uh, and, and 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 he want it seemed like he wanted that so and Seattle's out of the you know they they do play up, up there in no man's land they're a long ways away from everybody they're probably the longest away from any everybody other, uh, <laughs> really everybody yeah you know, uh, so they, they, there's not somebody down the street, so they're they're really isolated. But I think that he, in my mind, um, I believe he belongs in the category of Breeze and and Rogers and Roethlisberger. But it seems like he's never gets discussed as that way. I, I think he's absolutely brilliant, and I love watching him play. Maybe I, smaller guy, but obviously Drew Breeze is a smaller guy, so that doesn't really count either. Uh, I I think he's sensational. Other stuff we've talked about today. We were talking uh, college football with Brent Siancia from uh, Pick 6 Previews, and he was uh, talking about the Cougars as a middle of the Power 5 team, and he was talking about the Utes as the second best team in the South. He thinks USC is getting it together. He also thinks Oregon is pulling away from the league. Well, the talent that Oregon returns this next season, they're loaded Defensively, uh, they got Verdell back. Uh, quarterback is he's not new. Uh, offensive line, they do lose four of the five, that's for sure. Now they return the best one and arguably the best one in the country in Sewell. Uh, but uh, yeah, and then these new, they, you know, they had a nice couple of recruiting classes, and they're, from what I understand, they're killing it right now as far as the 21 class. Uh, so yeah, I can see where they could be. Uh, picked. I was surprised he not only had them winning the conference, he had them in the 14 playoff. Now this is, you know, we have to put the caveat, you know, the season is maybe funky, but right now I'm trying to discuss uh, with as much normalcy as possible, and I would be a little hesitant in with the quarterback situation, because I know you look good in some relief appearances, but that doesn't really count to me. Uh, you know, what you do under the spotlight. It's unfortunate that they're not going to be playing. Oh, they're supposed to play Ohio State, right? Uh, what, in the second week of the season? Was yeah. The third week, and it was going to be in Eugene. And that just sucks, man. That just sucks 100% that that's not going to happen because I'm a college football fan and a Pac-12 fan, and, and that's that's my time of year where I really come alive and just absolutely love it. Can't get enough of it. And yet it's not going to happen. So that just bites. For me, who was I talking to? I was talking to somebody, and I think it was Cam Ronnie the other day. And I was telling him, you know, I know it doesn't make any sense, but uh, this whole virus deal, sports-wise, 
somehow it'll really hit home the most for me when it affects college football. And I know it's already affected a significant portion of the sports world already. I, I get that. But for my own personal interests, it's really going to hit home when it affects college football. Well, that's coming up because I don't see teams starting to practice. If we start hearing teams practicing, then we'll know. But otherwise, all those uh, the week zero games, the week one games, you can just start to uh, start crossing them off. Which is really what the Big Ten and the Pac twelve did. It, you know, I think they I think they did what they did for a couple reasons, but one of them certainly was to buy themselves a few more weeks, and then the. Uh, yeah, and I think they want to have the uniform testing rules and guarantees for whoever they're lining up across. I think that was another factor. Um, but it, it does seem like week zero and week one, we're not we're not hearing about anybody opening camps. And, you know, there were supposed to be, what, June 11 was the date for some teams. It's going to be June 13. Or excuse me, yeah, July 11 and July 13. And now we sit here on July 14, and nobody's even talking about opening up on the 21st. No, no, no. Yeah, so. no. None no, of that is good really news. Matter. That is all between mediocre and bad news. It's not around the corner like uh, like it would be. I would be these days right now. I would be feverishly going over Pac-12 rosters and spring games and stuff because I'd be preparing for our broadcasts down in Los Angeles on uh, Pac-12 Media Day. And that would be coming up uh, probably next week, maybe the early part of the week after, maybe two weeks from now, depending on how the calendar fell that particular year. And I think, it, and I actually, I think it was uh, supposed to be two weeks from uh, Thursday of this week. And it's not happening. And it sucks. It absolutely sucks. I don't, I don't like it whatsoever because, you know, college football really resonates with me probably the most, even though, uh, you know, I'm more of a pro guy. When it comes to basketball, as opposed to, I guess maybe that's why. Uh, and living in Phoenix, where you, you had the Suns, the NBA, and then you had the Devils, and they were when I was growing up, they were the two biggest entities. We didn't have all those other sports, so those are the things. The NBA and uh, Pac-10 is what I gravitated to because that's what we had in our community. Well, baseball in a little more than a week, and basketball, the NBA, in a little more than two weeks. So I'll take it. You got that. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Deep Dodge, Ram, in Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. Back of the day is brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $359 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. PK, we're going to start with what is commonly referred to as poppycock or bull hockey. Other metaphors for phrases that can't be uttered on the air. Derek, Derek Del Taco tweeting in, no one in the state cares about BYU versus Utah other than BYU fans. Derek, I wish I had a buck for every Ute fan who tweeted at me. Seven is coming. Eight is coming. Nine is coming. There are definitely Ute fans who are enjoying this streak. Oh, so that's a Ute fan trying to minimize BYU? That's how I took it. No one in the state cares about BYU versus Utah other than BYU fans. You know, all the Ute fans have moved on. Uh, Some of them may have, but some of them are definitely into the streak. Definitely. I think they've moved on to a level of that isn't the only thing that matters. I think that's That's, for sure. That's true, but as we were saying earlier, when your non-conference schedule is BYU, Wyoming, and North Dakota State, 
or some variation thereof, you know, plug in a Big Sky team or Northern Illinois or San Jose, Fresno or San Diego State, uh, BYU's the game. And they definitely love the streak and they definitely love the lorded over Cougar fans. Now, having said that, I think once the BYU game is over, it's over. And when is you, when's the conference opener? When is USC coming to town? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a great rivalry, but it's not the be-all, end-all. There's more important stuff. I get it. Conference games are more important. We, we understand that. The objective is to win the conference. You win the conference, you're guaranteed to go to the Rose Bowl, if not higher. And if the Rose Bowl is your consolation prize, well, that's not playing no disrespect to the other bowl games, but that's not like playing in them. And they haven't done that yet. And that's something when they do, not if, but when, it's going to be a major achievement. And that's that's the most yeah, I, I, the, the fact that you're trying to minimize BYU explains that, right that, away. That, that, that tells us right off the bat that you care about BYU. Cause because no one it, has to explain that, yeah. that the, uh, the big sky game isn't a big deal. Yeah. The, your attempt to minimize the Cougars actually vaults them higher because if you're going to minimize, if something doesn't matter to you, you don't talk about it. Tell the idiots that Utah playing Arkansas, Baylor, and Florida is better than playing bleep ball BYU, except he didn't, didn't tweet bleep at us. You know, see, I think Arkansas is going to be a curiosity. Yes, it's SEC, but they are really the Oregon State of the SEC, and that's probably not all that fair to Oregon State. I mean, Oregon State was way down. When they were down, they were down. They looked like they were back a little bit last year. And if also, if you go back, you know, what, 15 years? You, you, 10 to 15 years, you run into some 10, 15, 20 years, you run into some pretty good Oregon State teams. You know, eight, nine win teams. Uh, I don't know that Arkansas seems like they've been down a long time. Yeah, but I think you're underestimating the recruiting boon that going to Arkansas is going to be. <laughs> I remember talking to uh, Sharif Shah about that once a couple of years ago. You recruit Arkansas, he goes, once <laughs> he said the, the places like Arkansas, you have to have a reference. You know, you go to California, you go to Las Vegas, you certainly do the in-state stuff and you go to Texas. But when you start going to these other places, there usually has to be a tie. You know, alumni somewhere says, hey, come look at this kid. I think he's a good fit. Or the kid reaches out to you or whatever, you know. Yeah, uh, right, right. You know, Baylor and Florida, there, there might be some more juice to those. We'll have to see how good they are in the years they play. That they could, you know, the, the Michigan, that was that was pretty good when they played them. Baylor and Florida could be pretty good. Oh, yeah, going to Florida, absolutely. That's a yeah. no-brainer. Uh, you pointed out earlier is National Nude Day. Creative and funny gifts being posted as that is trending on Twitter. Some good stuff. You have to see you it. You can't really explain hashtag? it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was some funny stuff. You did it at work? There might be some yeah. gross stuff, too, that you really don't want to see. Uh, there could be. There could be. But it was, it was, it was pretty funny. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Scotty and Hans are coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow.